Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of the First and Pick 6 podcast. I'll be your host again tonight, Brandon, joined with the usual two, Tim and Jake. Um, it's our first pod in a week-ish, I believe. It might be exactly a week. Um, some of us are busy on Tuesday, and others are busy all weekend, so we were able to get to a pod last week. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just kind of pick off, pick on... Pick on Jesus Christ. Let's go where we usually go here. I'm going to kind of recap uh, week eight of the college football season, uh, week seven of the NFL, and then uh, preview the Thursday night football game. Um, we'll go start with the uh, start with college football here. Uh, we did our had six games in our pick them. Um, because we'll start with uh, probably the best, yeah, yeah, probably the best game. Of the uh, of the six we did, uh, number fourteen Syracuse versus number five Clemson. Uh, I had Syracuse. Tim or Jake and Jesse had Clemson, and Tim did not make his picks this week. Yeah, I forgot to. Uh, Clemson ended up winning this game, but it was uh, Syracuse had the ball late and was driving and threw an interception. I didn't catch all of this game. But uh, I think most of the second half uh, is a pretty good game. I think Clemson kind of the way they dominated it yardage wise. Um, but it's only a six point game. I thought Syracuse would be able to pull us off. Other than, I mean, they're still a really good team, but I thought they were going to be the ones to be able to take down Clemson this year. They just had that that back breaking pick on a final drive while they were driving. Um, but other than that, their quarterback played decent. He had 167 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, but Clemson kind of ran all over Syracuse. Uh, they racked up 200-plus yards on the ground. Um, Syracuse, or Clemson did bench their quarterback, uh, DJ. Um, I can't remember when. It was right around halftime, I think. Uh, and that kind of sparked Clemson. And got him rolling again because they were down big at half. And yeah, kinda, among other things, but yeah, yeah, they're down big at half, and then Clemson kind of came out strong at halftime, and Syracuse kind of folded. Uh, so that's a little disappointing. I was hoping the Orange were going to win that one. Uh, just so many different there. Uh, Syracuse is one of the teams that uh, in the old uh, NCAA 14, I would road to, road to glory with them, be their running back, and try. You know, taking the national championship game, which is minus this week and pretty much what the running back is doing. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty good game. Uh, that was good. I, I was supposed to be a good game, and it ended up being one. Uh, then we had number 20 Texas at Oklahoma State. Um, I let's see. I think uh, myself and Jake pick OK State, and Jesse had Texas. Um, I was a little worried of this game just because uh, Quinn Ewers has looked good with Texas. Um, he struggled. The, the games he played, yeah, but he did struggle this weekend. Uh, he threw for 319, but he has had three interceptions and only complete and had 30 incompletions. Um, but John Robinson had a good game, though. He rushed for 140 and a touchdown. But Oklahoma State was able to capitalize on those turnovers by uh, Ewers. And uh, Clemson's quarterback played, or OK State's quarterback played much better. 
Uh, I didn't catch any any of the game. Um, I kind of thought Texas was kind of fraud to begin with. They should have lost last week to Iowa State. Um, I think that Bama game was kind of just a fluke on their end. They're definitely talented. Yeah, I think it, give it a few, give it a few years, and I think they'll be a lot more consistent and a lot a lot better. But yeah, I think this year's kind of you see you see what they can they can become, but you also see like you know the like the inconsistency. Yeah, I'm not fully sold on their coach. Um, but when they get Archie in there, I think that'll be a a big difference on them. Uh. And then we had number nine UCLA at number ten Oregon. Uh, I believe this game was kind of a blowout. Yeah, it was, it was, Oregon, close, it was a fifteen it? point game, no. but I think I mean, UCLA made it close the game, at the Oregon, end. Yeah, Oregon beat the brakes off UCLA for about like three and three quarters of that game. Uh, those like, like garbage time touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. they were just oh, okay. beating them all over the like everywhere. And I think they recovered I mean, an onside kick. Yeah. Um, um, UCLA is like defense didn't play bad. They just their offense did nothing, and they got tired. Um, a couple of their players were playing really well, like being all over the field, but it just wasn't enough. To keep up with Bo Nix and their weapons. So, so my my question is, was Oregon got blown out by Georgia the very first week? Right? Correct. Was it Georgia? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, since then they've looked really good. You think? Uh, you think they're for real? You think that you know? You think they're a, a really you know? Because you yeah. know, Oregon is kind of like I, not like I want to say like a rich history of being good, but you know, they they've had their spurts where they you know they've been up there. Do you think this is one of their it, one of the years where they can compete with some of these? You know, minus the Clemson game, of course. It uh, it's all on Bo Nix. Um, like the Georgia game, he struggled, but when he's on, you know, he's he's pretty damn good. Uh, I think this game he was 22 28 for 283 and had five touchdowns. Um, so when he's on, I think they can hang with, you know, I, I don't think they can hang with Georgia even when he's he's on. And I don't even know if they can hang with Ohio State. Um, but, you know, I give him a shot Michigan? against some of these. Yeah, I think they can hang I think with he could go with Michigan. I think it'd be a shootout. See, I but think Michigan. Sorry, go ahead, Tim. It's part of this. I think. Part of it was Georgia playing them week one, but at the same time, I think it was a little bit more so like kind of like we were talking about a little bit earlier with like a fluke for Texas. I think that was somewhat of a fluke game. I mean, obviously, if like the bonus is playing like he is now, they still don't beat Georgia, I don't think, but it's a better game. I think that was kind of a fluke game and like bow in a new place and they just didn't quite click yet. And now you're seeing what they kind of like that top into what they can be, where it's a super efficient offense and they're, you know, kind of doing whatever the heck they want to do. Um, I definitely think against like Michigan with them playing the way that they've been playing, like especially in the passing game, I think that could be a kind of a game where it could be close and it could be a shootout. But Michigan's passing offense has been very inconsistent and they're predominantly a run team. So if you take that away, it might be kind of hard because Corum is such a factor running the ball. If you force them to have to throw to keep up, it may be hard for Michigan to go toe to toe with a team like that. It all depends on how well their defense can stand, like if they can stand on their head or not, you know, and keep them out of the end zone. I think that goes for Ohio State as well. I think that could be a good 
game if like if that would if scenario would come together because Ohio State's a predominantly passing team. So it's interesting to see that given JJ's mobility at quarterback and Blake Corum being an absolute monster. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like Oregon. Um but I said going in, I thought you said I picked Oregon. Uh just got like Bo Nix. But and I hate Chip Kelly, fuck Chip Kelly. But uh you say it looked good. I thought they were gonna be able to beat Oregon here and kinda run the Pac twelve. But I do think the Pac twelve runs through Oregon. Um which it usually does. Especially here mm-hmm. of late. Unless Utah when Utah um is on point. Yeah, Utah gets a few seasons every every like two or three they'll get one. Um but yeah, I still don't know if they're you know, if this is a you know, eight eight man or whatever it is gonna be uh playoffs. I think Oregon's definitely in. The four I don't don't know if they're good enough. Um you know, I think there'll be two SEC teams in there, probably one Big Ten team and probably Clemson. So I just don't know. Yeah. I think Oregon could beat Clemson head to head. I don't so think yeah. they can maybe hang with Georgia. I don't know if they can beat Tennessee. Uh, I don't think I don't I don't see them beating the top. I mean, besides Ohio State, I don't see them beating Georgia, Tennessee, and I and I know you guys think Michigan. I'm a disagree with that one. I think Michigan probably rolls through them. It's hard. It is hard. I, and I think not not to interrupt you, but I would say this year for college football is probably one of the more most balanced years we've had, as far as just teams being so close talent wise. I yeah. mean, just, I mean, if you just, just the top 10, I mean, you know, obviously like, I mean, Georgia probably would destroy like UCL, uh, I mean, USC, Oklahoma, TCU, but like, I mean, you go from like 15 to five, I think all those teams could beat each other just and on any, you know, any given Saturday. I think they're all that close. The only thing, so with the Ohio State Michigan deal, I mean, there's really not much you can tell them to until they play each other. But yeah, I guess one that's one common factor is they both played Iowa, which is arguably a top ten defense in the country. And probably more and like top five, honestly. Michigan is only able to put twenty seven against them where Ohio State racked up fifty four on that good ass defense. So I mean that's the only way you can Ohio, look at it right now to compare the two I'd until Ohio they play. Defense though is better than Michigan's. I I think maybe their back end's a little bit better, but I think Michigan's pass rushes. Yeah, no, I agree. The back, the, the cor- I think their corners no. are better. The front, the yeah. you know, the line on. Which that's the thing. Like it, it's it, it comes down to which end can hold Styles. up. You know, kind of thing. Like that's where I think if like Ohio State plays Michigan, it's kind of a good matchup overall for Michigan because they don't throw the ball mm-hmm. a ton. But CJ Stroud tends to hold the ball a little too long, trying to make big plays. So if they can get a pass rush, that should be a pretty good game overall. But I mean, it. it I agree with your take. Like five through fifteen is pretty close. I think overall talent wise, and, and it is kind of that weird um, enigma with college football where it's it's pretty much any given Saturday. Like you know, that Clemson team I think might even lose to the way they played against um, Syracuse. They lose to probably UCLA. Like, it, their defense didn't play great, unless, like, until late. And by then, Syracuse was kind of already out of it mentally. 
because of everything that was happening. Um, so it, it's kind of, you know, it's just one of those weekends, I think, maybe for like Syracuse and other teams. It just kind of have to hit them on the right weekend. Yeah, I mean, Clemson's going to have to earn their way into the... Yeah. If they go undefeated, they're in. But they're going to have to earn their way. They still have um, Notre Dame, who's hit or miss. They could be good, but more likely not going to be. I don't think they're that good. But yeah, they're pretty bad this year. They end the season against South Carolina, Ooh, which is a pretty solid a team this year. Um, and then they'll likely play UNC, who has one loss in the ACC championship mm-hmm. game. Um, so those two are big, big um, challenges for Clemson. Uh, but they, they, you know, they already beat Syracuse, Wake Forest, and NC State. So their biggest games, they already kind of ran through. I think minus South Carolina, um, yeah. they kind of snuck out wins there. So it'll be hard to. I don't think Clemson is as good as the record, but they keep proving me wrong. So well, it's more so like they keep finding a way to win, which is good. But when it comes to playing teams like Georgia, Bama, you know, like Ohio State. Like those type of t- caliber of teams, or like Tennessee, you can't just, you know, squeak by. They're they're too good on both sides of the ball to to do be able to consistently do that. Like one of those teams is going to get you, especially if they make it to the playoffs. And I I think for sure Georgia, and I would say if Tennessee makes it, and probably Ohio State. Those three are both all, all three of those are too good to. You know, play the way Clemson's played. Like DJ, if he starts or if the backup starts, they're gonna have to have like insane games to be able to keep them in it. Well, if the backup starts, Clemson has no shot. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> according if you're according to Dabo, I mean, you know, sometimes your best player goes two for twenty five. But yeah, oh yeah, because he's like Steph, even Steph Curry shoots two for twenty five some nights, and you're like, I don't think that's ever statistically, happened. They, no, statistically, no. CBS showed that actually fact checked, and he's never gone two for twenty five. <laughs> well, so let's see, two of twenty five. What, what's that percentage wise? Like four percent? No, dude, it's bad. Yeah, it's something like, crazy it's, like that. Well, okay, let's round it up to twenty five. That'd be like four percent, right? If we were to round it up, that'd be like four yeah. percent. Yeah, it's pretty much yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think Steph Curry has ever gone four percent in his yeah. life. Yeah, as a kid, even. <laughs> um, this our, our next matchup. We had twenty-four Mississippi State versus uh, number six Bama. Um, I'm gonna put this on here because it's a ranked on ranked. Uh, I think everybody kind of knew how this was gonna go. Bama yeah. just got beat by Tennessee, so they're gonna come out firing. And Mississippi State was just the unlucky team on the other end. Uh, Bama won thirty to six. I don't think this was ever a game. I didn't expect it to be a game. Um, yeah, how much full will stay there? Uh, then another good matchup uh, was number 17, Kansas State at number eight, or yeah, number eight TCU. I did watch that game. Uh, Kansas State, I think, got to a hot start, and then they let TCU score 21 unanswered uh, to win it by 10. Um, for the fourth time, or a third time in four <laughs> games, TCU has taken out a quarterback. Uh, Adrian went down the first quarter, or first drive, and then their backup went down as well. Um, so, you know, weird coincidence there. I know one of them was for sure against Oklahoma was probably dirty. The rest yeah. of the stuff, just a really wild coincidence. All these quarterbacks going down against TCU. 
Um, yeah, to be honest, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I think, uh, and uh, especially in this game, um, I think if their backup doesn't go out, like, I mean, yeah, it was a 10-point game, but, I mean, it was, I mean, they didn't, we didn't, like, we shut them out in the, in the whole second half, but I don't, to be honest, I don't know if the, I don't know if TCU wins if their, their backup doesn't, doesn't get out, and I, I can admit that, I mean, because he was, he was playing extremely well, he went, the, so, Kansas State's quarterback, uh, went 13 to 20, 225, two touchdowns, one pick, um, yeah, again, TCU started off super slow um, against uh, another ranked opponent, another, uh, you know, good team. Um, we're, we moved up one spot. We're at seven. Um, but to be honest, like, I don't see TCU beating anyone above us. Um, maybe Clemson, if we get Clemson on a weird day. Um, but even then, I mean, and even looking at some of the teams behind us, Oregon and TCU would be kind of a, eh, Oklahoma State and TCU again would be, you know, so I think at seven, I think we peaked. <laughs> I think we peaked this year at seven. I don't see us getting any higher unless, you know, like Bama loses a game, another game, or even Clemson, if Clemson blows a fucking, a bad game or something, maybe, but, um, it was an okay game. Uh, our uh, TCU's offense um, looks awesome. Um, that Matt Matt Dugan Duggan, it's Duggan. I like Dugan better, but it's Duggan. Um, I'm curious. He he, I think he's a good quarterback. I really do. I don't know about anything about being drafted or anything like like that. But you look at some of the other quarterbacks. Um, you know, just like let's just say top fifteen. Um, I'd probably put him in the top five. I might be a little biased on that, but um I think what he's done just this season has kind of gone pretty under the radar as far as like a quarterback kind of thing goes. Um but yeah, I thought it was a it was a pretty it was a pretty good game for the most part. I I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous at all during that game, but um, if TCU wants any chance of, you know, playing any more high caliber teams, you can't, you can't start going down 10, 20 points to start off the game. You can't just work yourself out of a hole because eventually you're just, you're not going to have enough time. So other than that, you know, defense sucks, but what do you expect? The big 12 team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what, yeah. That's what I mean, like, what do you expect? Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it would been interesting to see. I would have liked to watch the game or see the game if Adrian wouldn't have went down. Uh, I think he adds a lot to that Kansas State offense. Uh, fairly, yeah, two easy back, not easy, but fairly easy games. West Virginia and then Texas Tech. And the end of the season, the three kind of tricky ones with Texas, Baylor, and Iowa State. Uh, no ranked opponents left as of now, but, you know, Texas... Hit or miss. Good. And mm-hmm. Baylor's been decent as of late, and same with Iowa State. So, a couple of all tough games, a couple of trap games there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if the Big Twelve. I think they do a bit a championship game. So you guys probably play Oklahoma yeah. State or Kansas State. Likely. Yeah, it'll. Uh, it was looking like it could be Kansas because 
everyone thought Kansas was hot shit yeah, out of the gate. And they were pretty good, but yeah, they just and I'm I'm oh. not a big fan of their head coach. I think he's a good head coach, but a lot of people think he's like this next great big thing. I think he's a good coach. I think he's kind of overhyped though. I was um, but yeah. I was way off on Iowa State. They have lost four straight. Um no, uh, I ignore that one. But uh Baylor and uh Texas, I think, are legit. Or not legit, but are good competition. Uh, that takes our last matchup. Number seven, Ole Miss uh, at LSU. Uh, I thought Ole Miss was going to be able to kind of run away with this one. And it was the exact uh, opposite. LSU beat the shit out of Mississippi or Ole Miss. Uh, Mississippi yeah, isn't I, wrong. But... Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know what the fuck happened here. I really didn't watch this game either. Once I saw it's kind of blow out, I was like, hey, I'm not going to turn that game on. Uh, they kind of let their Mississippi or Ole Miss let their uh, Jalen Daniels run all over them and throw all over them. Uh, he had a lone 300 plus yards, uh, three for 248 and rushed for 121. So it's pretty fucking hard when their quarterback does that. Um, but yeah, it was pretty surprising on my or for me. I thought Ole Miss is a pretty damn good team. And LSU sucked. Well, not sucked, but I don't like uh, Brian Kelly. So I like to see them lose. But uh, um, yeah, no defense really in this game either, yardage wise. LSU wrapped to 500, Ole Miss wrapped to 400. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to say about that. It was a pretty surprising game. Yeah. Um... I was obviously hoping that uh, Ole Miss would be a little bit better this year, but it seems like maybe kind of hitting a um, kind of a bump in the road or something. I'm not sure. Maybe their defense just is bad and their offense going to be going. I don't know, but pretty surprising overall. And some of the games that happened this weekend, I think overall were pretty surprising. Just in as far as the scores go. Yeah. That's what I mean, college footballers produce yeah, some good games crazy. every weekend. Um uh, yeah, but that pretty much wraps up the college recap sides of things. Um Nebraska had a buy. Um, only news out of them is they landed Nebraska's number one recruit and uh, Malachi Coleman um, four star wide out which was a pretty big deal uh, he had some top offers in Georgia and stuff like that so that's pretty pretty good gift for Nebraska um, but yeah, other than that uh, no, pretty much wraps up the college side of things uh, we'll go to the the pro side. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a, there's a couple of good games this week. Uh, some surprising ones. Um, I would say. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you can go. Uh, I was gonna say. I thought me personally. I mean, there was a lot of interesting games, but I didn't think there were a lot of good games. Um. You know, as far as score-wise go, you know, Packers, Manders, 
that was an ugly game to watch. I tried. Um, Aaron Rodgers receiving core is bad. Like they didn't com- they didn't complete one third down, which was like the first time since like nineteen something or other. Um, yeah, they look bad. But I would say I would have to say personally, the the game uh, of the weekend was Giants Jags, which doesn't sound like you know like a sexy pick. But it, it was a good game. You got to see two teams like really try to like they were both playing super hard. Um, but the Giants did Giants things. You know, they, they have a certain way of kind of playing um a game and you know they're gonna they're not gonna outscore you by like a bunch of points. They're just they're gonna keep you in the game long enough till you make a mistake. And that's that's essentially what happened and then I mean, Daniel Jones rushing for 100 yards was kind of crazy, too. Um, but I think that was probably the best game of the weekend. I mean, if I'm not biased and choosing the Raiders because we won. but And then, I don't know about you guys, I thought the most surprising game uh, was Seahawks-Chargers or Bears-Patriots, depending on, you know, how you look at it. Chargers have a lot of injuries, and Seattle's a lot better than people think. But I didn't expect – I guess – that was Monday, so I guess we can recap uh, the Bears-Patriots because I forgot that was yesterday. Um, I don't think anyone expected the Bears to kill the Patriots. Oh, yeah, that was pretty surprising. Um, yeah, I don't know what the hell happened there. Uh, Patriots have a decent defense. And let Justin Fields um, kind of have – not that his – I mean, he only threw for 179. But he rushed for 82 ran, on him. Yeah, I was going to say, he ran kind of all over him. Um, it was pretty surprising. Uh, you know, I, I think he didn't look fantastic. Um, but he definitely has, uh, he brings kind of a uh, a spark to that team. I think Zappi's going to take this team, the Patriots team, over. Um, I think Tim was telling me there's rumors that the Patriots are already shopping Mac. Uh yeah, I mean, like I said, he hasn't. He didn't look. He threw for one eighty-five, a touchdown, and two picks. Uh, so it wasn't fantastic, but he just kind of had some. He the fans like him, uh, and then he kind of brings some kind of spark to the team that Mac doesn't. Uh, I've never seen a fan base transition off a quarterback so fucking fast as the Patriots did Mac Jones. He's just fucking um, coming at Tom Brady, my dude. It might be. Uh, but uh, zappy time seems to be happening in New England. Uh, I kind of agree with you were saying that there really was no good games. They were just close games. Uh, you know, like I said, the Giants charge Jaguars probably was the best game of the the weekend. Um, you know, a lot of the close games were just ugly games (laughs) yeah like ravens browns is pretty ugly ravens almost blew another 10 point lead too yeah Uh, i guess maybe the the saints cardinal game is pretty good that was a thursday game oh yeah i guess so uh i would you know if the you know the bears and the patriots was pretty surprising the seahawks chargers but like you're saying the seahawks are underrated Uh, i think Mm -hmm. brandon staley is a bad coach his days are numbered there and (laughs) In, uh, with the Chargers, but I almost say the the Panthers beating the Bucks yeah. twenty to three. <laughs> I forgot with, about that game. Yeah, <laughs> with PJ Walker at quarterback, 
um, after losing CMC <laughs> and Robbie Anderson and how bad oh, yeah. they did last weekend, at least PJ Walker. Uh, awful. They look good this week. Yeah, they look too bad. Uh, that was pretty surprising, just because the Bucks defense is so good. Um, are the are the Bucks bad? Are they a bad team? You guys think? I think I think this whole division is dog shit. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Falcons. Are, I mean, I don't know. They just got blown out. Yeah, I don't know who's gonna win this division anymore. Um, it's probably the Bucks. That's the safest bet. Yeah, it is. But now everybody's what one game behind the Bucks. Well, Atlanta is tied with the Atlanta's three and four right now. Yeah, so Atlanta but, and the Bucks are tied, and the Panthers and Saints are one game back. Like, <laughs> but here's the thing: I don't see I don't see Atlanta winning the division with Mariona only throwing 13 passes a game. I mean, it's working. That, I get. Well, that, here's what throws me off: How do you like? So looking at the box score here. Um, at halftime, at halftime they were down. See, 28, 17, 11 points. They're down 11 points at halftime, and did not score in the second half. And they still only threw the ball 13 times, and they got beat 35, 17. Like yeah. Mariota can throw the like he's not a great thrower of the football, but he can throw. You can trust him to throw the ball more than 13 times. I don't know what they're doing. Who's just, the head coach is Arthur Smith, isn't it? Yes, that's correct. Get his fucking ass out of there. No, like, no Arthur Smith is I, not the issue. I, I think it is. It's 100%. What? Hold on, hold on. Hear me out. Hear me out. Arthur Smith was the head coach, uh, or was, was he the head coach or the offensive coordinator OC, for the Titans? OC. OC, okay. He is trying to run the ball like he has Derrick Henry back there. You drafted a guy in Drake London in the first round. You have a guy in Kyle Pitts who was supposed to be, like, the greatest tight end prospect coming out of college, and you're only attempting to throw the ball 13 times. That is 100% a coaching thing. I don't think it's it's quarterback. His goal is, like, let's not Mariota ruin this fucking game for us. And it's, it's working for the most part. Working. He's keeping it in games. They're close games. And he's found a way to win three of them when I thought this team could win one all season. Um, okay. He just doesn't I trust think, Mariota. Okay, he didn't so, trust okay. him when he was with Tennessee. He doesn't trust him now. Okay, so so here's my question then. I get that. I totally – if that's if that's your argument, I understand. But if you're only going to have a guy throw the ball 13 times, why wouldn't you play your – your your rookie quarterback to get him in the game if you're all, like 13 times you could live with a rookie throwing it 13 times just as well at, but also get him game time snaps and stuff so yeah you're telling that's that's my only argument is like you have these offensive pieces you drafted hella early but you're not using them because like you want to run the ball but you have a quarterback who is capable of making throws and so that's that's where I think it's a coaching thing. And I'm high on the Falcons. I told you guys, I think in a couple years they're going to be really good. And I think, you know, this season they, they definitely have pieces, but I think if you if they were to throw the ball just instead of 13, go to like 20. I'd even live with 20 pass attempts, seven more. But you got to get some of these offensive pieces involved, like Pitts in London. He had one tar- London had one target last week. I just I don't know. It makes me mad because I was higher on the Falcons and I think they could be better, but 
watching them run a fucking Navy offense is like making me mad, dude. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're so, saying. I don't. I'm. I'm assuming Ritter hasn't touched the field because they're still in the division, and it's working with Mariota. You mean they're still in this weak ass division with Mariota? If it no, ain't broke, wanna, don't fix it. They don't want to pull yeah, Mariota, put Ritter in. He sucks, and then it ruins Mariota. So I assume if they, you know, start, you know, completely losing week after week, and are out of the division race, they they put Ritter in. You know, maybe if the the division wasn't within reach, they switched to Ritter. But I agree. Um, I mean, Algiers looked good from what I've seen. They just kind of had an off weekend this week. I, the Bengals got good defense. They have a really um, good defense. But I, yeah, if this is what Arthur Smith offenses. They're a rushing offense for the most part. And they just don't trust their quarterback yet, I don't think. Um, basically, they're it's kind of what the Patriots did with Mac Jones last year. Like, don't lose us this football game. You know, we can game deal with manager. you being mediocre. Just don't lose us the game. And that's what they're telling Mariota to do, and he's not losing the game. I don't think you could say they lost a game due to Mariota yet. Um, but yeah, it is frustrating to see your quarterback throw 13 times. I'm sure if you're a Hawkins fan, uh, especially if you have any one of their skilled players on fantasy as well. <laughs> yeah, there, there is one thing. I mean, I don't know if it's still this way. I know it was like last week or something like that. Their offense was like almost, I think it was like almost three times as efficient when. Mariota only throws 13 times. Like, he's thrown over that, like, because we're week eight now. Yeah. Right, they played seven. He's thrown it over, like, three games, I think. He's thrown over 13 passes. And their offense was not nearly as efficient during said, like, scripts like that. Like, but I get maybe they need to throw the ball more, but I definitely think they need to use, like, what Mariota's good at. It's kind of like the Justin Fields thing in Chicago. Like, you're asking a guy to do what he's not good at. From what I've seen, I haven't seen all their games because I don't watch the Falcons, like, heavily. They keep Mariota in the pocket. Mariota's good on his on the run. He's good using his athleticism. Use play action. Roll him out. Like, you would be able to do what you want to do. Run the ball. Even if, like, nobody's open downfield, Mariota's athletic enough. He can just run. And yeah, he's and smart he's, enough and at his age to slide. He's not going to take hits. He's, yeah, he, he's, he, he, he's always he's been able to aspect. slide. Yeah. And, and that's what, and that's the thing. The difference between – and I think Fields is probably a better quarterback than Mariota. Oh, I just think she's on a – Count-wise, 100%. Currently, yeah, he just doesn't have the weapons. It's hard to say that because they both kind of look like dog shit at times. I think if you were to give Justin Fields the talent that Mariota has and just a coach that, you know, would, like, let him throw the ball – like I like coming out of college, I was pretty high on Fields. I wasn't like I didn't think he was gonna be some superstar, but I was like, I was pretty high on him. And I just, I think the Bears haven't done him justice. And just and that's the thing with the whole Mariota thing. Like I don't mind the game plan of running the ball because it has been working. But if you lose a, if I told you that either one of your teams lost thirty-five to seventeen, and in that loss, your quarterback who was healthy only threw the ball thirteen times. Like, like, wouldn't you be like, well, why, why would you know what I mean? Like, at some point, yeah. even if you're down, you need to, you need to air it out. And so, I guess that's what frustrated me the most about the Falcons this week was just, 
I just couldn't like I don't know why you would just keep running the ball at that point. I don't feel like you're trying to win the game. You're just trying to get it over. Yeah. But enough on the Falcons. But that was my little rant on them. Um. Yeah, nothing else super crazy. Um, the Broncos are still dog shit. Doesn't matter who they play at quarterback. Um, the Colts are dog shit. They have made a quarterback switch. Um, you can take my Raider cup if you want. Put it in my Raider cup. It's clean. It's just up in the cupboard. Some some other talking going on here in this podcast. Be safe, please. Now we can cut that out because Jake keeps talking. But muting himself. Sorry, uh, sorry, I had to say goodbye real quick. Anyway, go ahead, sorry. Oh, yeah, everybody knows. All three of our <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> what was I talking Oh, the Colts. Colts made a QB change. Uh, Sam Ellinger is now the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Um, not surprising. Um, I think I've made it pretty fucking clear on the Colts. Uh, <laughs> they sat here and they, they berated and and whatever with Winces there. Well, Matt Ryan has more fumbles and more interceptions through seven games than Wentz did for an entire 17-game schedule. Um, <laughs> and he got benched. They didn't bench Wentz, so... They never thought about benching Wentz, I'm pretty sure. Sometimes, you know, just because your GM's an idiot, or not your GM, your owner's an idiot, doesn't mean your fan base has to be idiots, <laughs> too. So we'll see what Ellinger All do. These... I'm, not, I'm not high on Ellinger, either. Um, but at the same right, time... But... At the same time, this is, you know, Wentz, Ryan, and now Ellinger. They're not giving him much to work with. Uh, Pittman does good, and Pierce has looked impressive, but I still don't think that. I think the O-line is massively overrated. I think it's the I mean, most overrated O-line in the NFL. Paid, but... <laughs> it's Quentin the highest paid offensive line in the NFL. Yeah. Kelly's kind of had an issue. He's going to have an off year this year. But even Nelson has struggled. Bad, yeah. I yeah, mean, he, look, tackle, he, uh, given all the penalties, minus the penalty issues, he's looked pretty solid as a rookie. Like, he got thrusted into action, and I don't think he, he was not a guy who was ready. I mean, he looks fairly good, but it's still subpar. But at the same same thing, like the opposite of the Falcons, you have Jonathan fucking Taylor, yeah, who I don't know. almost could have been argument for MVP last season. Yeah. They're in this game, it is a close game the entire game. And they rushed him 10 times. They had Matt Ryan throw the ball 44 fucking times. <laughs> like, what do you expect? The dude's fucking ancient. Hey, he threw the ball a lot last week, and it worked. What do you mean? We're not supposed to do that again? Yeah. You know, I feel so bad for Matt Ryan because, like, he didn't ask for this. He thought he was going no. to a team that was at least solid, person. that was supposed to have a good offensive line. And dude, I like so because like I said, none of the games were super fucking great. So I was watching a lot of red zone, and it it felt like every ten minutes they'd show Matt Ryan just get crushed. On like third <laughs> down, at, like third down and eight, he's just getting <laughs> smacked for a loss of like seven. Yeah, yeah it, it, and it's just, uh, and I'm a, I'm a Matt Ryan fan. I've always like really, I've always thought he was a super, not like super, like an. I've always at one point he was an elite quarterback, top 10, 12 maybe. Um, I've always liked Matt Ryan, but it's it's sad to see him go to Indianapolis and just get crushed. I think I think part of the benching has to do with don't they have to give up more uh, as far as like a draft pick goes if Matt Ryan plays? 
like a certain amount of snaps, or was that only it's for wins. wins last year? That was just wins. Okay. It's, I think it's I a good wins it this from... year. I think there's a special wins contract or deal if that he plays so many snaps, they, that pick gets updated. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. I'm a, I like Matt Ryan too. Uh, the only reason I was shitting on him this week or this year was because of the Colts, and I was saying Matt Ryan's <laughs> Colts, fault. Yeah, but I would yeah. argue that Matt Ryan on the this year's Falcons team with Arthur Smith is much better than they are. Um, Agreed. Just because yeah, they can trust I Matt Ryan to throw that. the ball, and he's a great yeah. play action quarterback. Yeah, um, definitely. I think they have better talent too. With his play action, fucking paying the ass for the Saints for years. But mm-hmm. but this is the thing with the Colts. They had Philip Rivers, and they had a stacked – not stacked, but they had a pretty good wide receiving core, and their O-line was playing fantastic. Yep. He retires. They go to Wentz, who the O-line takes a shit, and they have one wide receiver for him to throw the ball to. He goes 27-7, and and as a game away from the playoffs, and they just miss out. And they're like, oh, this guy's dog shit. So they go to Matt Ryan, who's older, less mobile, and they give him no more weapons, a worse offensive line. Well, they give him what? What do you expect? Food, but... I just don't understand what they expected. Um, I mean, I can point to you right now what the issue is. Although I would like to say they did give him two two more weapons, but they're just young, um, so that they've kind of had to get in the groove as far as with Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods. But that those guys take time, like that. It's just something that doesn't happen. You're not going to have guys like, you know, like Kyle Pitts was last year. You're in, that doesn't happen every year. Like, the, it takes time for certain guys to get in there as normal as rookies. But it's, Even, it's a Jim Ursay issue. Like, it, this is like, when it comes down to it, it's Jim Ursay. Yeah, some people like him because he's outspoken as an owner, but he's a fucking moron. He try, he's trying consistently pressuring them to put a band aid on a massive hole in a dam. Like, it's... What, is this going to be their fifth year, probably next year, with another quarterback, starting quarterback to start the season? And yeah, probably. I, if, if Ellinger doesn't play up to his standards, which is nothing short of fucking, like, MVP numbers, it's probably going to be some other old quarterback. Hell, it might be Mariota. Like, uh, I think I think the Colts probably go into... Stupid. I think they go into... Re- not, like, a full rebuild, but, like... I think well, the general on who has control. What do you I think, think it is now? <laughs> it, that's true. If Ballard has full control over who the hell is quarterback, it, I would agree. But if Ursa is going to keep having his say, they're never going to get to a young guy who's going to have issues. Do you because think he's constantly putting his fucking opinion in there and he's wrong? At the end of the day, he's consistently been wrong. Bill Rivers no. wasn't a bad option. No, I'm talking about the quarterback, just quarterback strictly. The choices he's made have been bad. Carson played good. Given everything going on around him, he played good. Yeah, he had a bad last game, but so did the defense. So did his wide receivers. Like, Jonathan Taylor was non-existent in that game. So it's not all on him. And Phil Rivers was a viable option at the time as a bridge guy if you had had a young guy. He's a guy that, kind of like Matt Ryan is at this point in his career, like, there are those guys that you want in there to teach a young guy. So maybe this could be Ellinger's time. You know, maybe he shocks the shit out of everybody. I don't see it, but maybe. But at the end of the day, if you're going to keep consistently trying to do stupid decisions with throwing in old quarterbacks, an offense that needs someone who's semi-mobile, at least, 
with given the way your offensive lines played and not having a ton of weapons, and you're going to put pressure on your coach, which we saw after the game, he tried to commit to Matt Ryan and then had an interview or had a talk with his owner right after that and basically was told, I'm, I mean, obviously nobody knows what he was exactly told, but I'm pretty sure Ursa is like, yeah, you got to have to go to Ellinger no matter what it is. He did a complete 180 in a matter of 12 hours. It doesn't matter if he went and watched film or not. It's because of what Ursay said. Jimmy G to the Colts next year. Fuck, maybe. <laughs> I think that's going to happen. It's going to happen this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised seeing an extra fucking Ursay's going to have a say in it. Well, Jimmy G is probably well, not yeah, a terrible option there. but No, but it's the same it's the same issue. I think Jimmy... I think Jimmy G's better than all those dudes. I mean, Philip Rivers played pretty good that his one se- or was it one season or two yeah, seasons? Yeah, one season. Yeah, he played pretty good. But like, I mean, there's no but way Jimmy G's if, coming back to the 49ers next year, and I don't. No. But if if they ha- if it looks the same way it is now, they don't add any true weapons on offense, and they don't upgrade the line, it's gonna be the same thing again next year. Jimmy G cannot run for his life the entire time. Like, well, he'll get hurt. Seen- yeah, he's gonna get hurt. As much as I like Jimmy, like as a, like, first of all, his personality seems cool. He seems he's, he's a good quarterback. winning quarterback. He's a winner, but he cannot run for his life, and he has an issue staying healthy. Facts. Like, it's gonna be the same issue you're having now. Like you can't just keep throwing in older guys. It's one thing if you want maybe like a veteran presence, but. As to consistently throw a veteran guy in there without trying to draft somebody to be the guy, whether that's, you know, second round, first round, whenever the hell you got, if you need to find a guy you are super high on, do what the Patriots did, do what the Commanders did. You know, even the Titans with Willis, they were high on Willis. They took him. They have Tannehill, who, before this season, was a guy who was a game manager good enough to get you to the playoffs. Oh, that's who the Colts are going to get next year is Tannehill. It's Tannehill yeah, or Dalton. <laughs> Dalton? I forgot about Dalton. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's enough cold spot. They're not worth the time. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just a shit spot that organization's in right now. I think we'll transition to, uh, I suppose, our teams. Um, Yay. Tim, I guess your game was first. Um Kind of a shootout of a game here. Uh, Cardinals end up winning on Thursday night, 42-34 over the Saints. Uh, Tim, I'll Wait, was you... it a shootout if Andy Dalton threw two two touchdowns to the other team? Does it count? Two as... picks, but... Yeah, Wasn't it two picks? Six five. Five. The dude yeah. had six touchdowns. What do you mean? <laughs> he threw four passing touchdowns and two defensive <laughs> touchdowns. Just, so that's what I mean, though. Like, can you call it a shootout at fourteen? Yeah, it's of the still technically a shootout. Okay, okay, okay. I just not I just a was, preferred shootout, but I, okay. I just want to clarify. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's rough, you know. For starters, having the amount of guys that were hurt, you know, like like I think it's a different game if Marshawn's playing. Just from a defensive aspect, he he kind of shuts down half of the field. And makes it easier on everybody else. But I mean, Roby got hurt. You know, Latte's a rookie, and he even he played against D Hop well when he when he was matched up with him for the most part. Um, you know, and, and Chris Harris was thrusted in action as well, and he's 
he's older, he's past his prime, but he still played pretty well for the most part, you know. Um, you know, Benjamin kind of went off, which is really weird to see as far as, you know, we've been fairly good against the run. But I do think Andy Dalton's picks kind of swung the momentum a lot in a, in a way it was kind of hard to come back from at times because you're constantly fighting this uphill battle just from a momentum aspect. Um, and not all of it, I think, was on him. Like Callaway dropped one of them. He, he that was a catch he should have had. And you know he dropped it, and it got tipped right up into a like right to the defender's hands. You know, um, the Simmons pick was kind of bad, but <laughs> just leave it at that. Um, it just, you know, I think everybody kind of knows this at this point. Andy definitely isn't the the, the answer um, at quarterback, and I don't. I don't know what to do with Jameis if you're the Saints. So but... I'm curious, who would you rather have starting then, Tim? Would you have the Red Rifle or uh, in their current minutes? health and everything? With their with their current health, I would probably still have to say, well, injuries involved. I'm still probably going lean Andy, just because he tends to be a little bit better of a game manager. But if Michael Thomas and Landry were healthy, I probably would go with Jameis just for upside. I think he's got more potential like as far as throwing the ball. He likes to throw it deep more than Andy does. Has a better arm than Andy does. As far as like deep ball, like not I would say Andy's probably a little bit more overall accurate. But at this point I think it's it it's kind of like you're still in the division, but are you really in the division kind of a thing? I think like, you are, to be it, honest. It depends on how, if if they keep starting Andy, if he can just be efficient and we can get the running game going, I think it's enough where we could somehow manage to be in play to win the division at the end of the year. But it also, if Michael Thomas could get healthy, whether... You know, people still call him Slamp Boy or whatever. He's definitely a help towards not just Alave, but, you know, Marcus Callaway and Traquan Smith and um, uh, Shahid. They, those guys can, he, he takes so much attention usually because of his short route running and even intermediate route running that it's going to open up things for other guys. And I just, the offense operates better when he's on the field, whether he gets targets or not. I definitely think it'd be help if he can get back, but ultimately it's about health at this point. If they can get healthier again and stay healthy, you definitely have a shot, I think, but I would prefer them to be close to getting the playoffs, if not make the playoffs, and then even if they get their asses kicked first round, just so the Eagles don't get a top 10 pick. <laughs> you yeah, know, the Eagles need that top five. Oh, yeah, yeah, go yeah, about that. Um, yeah, that's so wild. We'll uh, go to uh, the other game played, uh, the Raiders-Texans. Uh, Raiders will to win 38-20. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of this game. It looked like it was close into the fourth. 
Uh, but I'll let Jake it was. take this one. Yeah. Um, so I won't lie. I was not nervous heading into the game. Um, but, you know, Texans went up um, like 10 to 3. And they and our defense, and it's been a Raider thing since I can remember, our defenses have always fucking sucked. Like, it's just, and I don't, I don't know how it's that, like, I'm not an NFL coach. I'm not saying I could fix it, because I, I know I can't, but I don't understand how, for probably close to a decade, I'd have to actually go and look, our defense has been fucking awful. And it, it, it was again, it was again, you know, I mean, they put up 20 points, which, yeah, you're like, ah, okay, that's not too bad. But, like, I mean, Davis Mills, like, in that first half, kind of was torching us. Uh, Pierce, who I think is a really good running back, and he, I mean, he is, was kind of burning us. Um, And just early, we couldn't get anything, like, really established. Uh, the second half was a completely different story, um, especially the fourth quarter. We scored 21 in the fourth. One of them was a pick six. Um, it was more, you know, I think Daniel Jones was trying to drive down the field and score quickly. It was a two-score two game, and that pick, you know, it happened. Um, the Raiders, since the, you know, since, like, the first three weeks have made a shift into, I think, our offense, we've... Uh, We've been running the ball a lot more. Uh, Josh Jacobs has looked like, I'm not going to say he is the best running back, but the last three weeks minus the bye, so four, he has looked like a top three running back in the NFL. He's second in yards, um, total yards. He's second in yards per carry. Um, I think he's either first or, or second in um, yards. Um, oh, fuck. After the not after the catch after after contact that's what I'm thinking after contact he had three touchdowns 143 yards 20 rushes um, I don't know if we're gonna trans transition into a more of a running team considering you know we still have Adams and stuff like that but our offense has looked a lot better since we started actually running the ball and um, looking at the schedule I know we got. You know the Saints, Tim's Saints next week, um, and it's. I'm not gonna lie; I'm a little nervous about it because I think our, our, like I said, our defense is terrible, and the Saints do have a lot of weapons on offense. I think it's gonna come down to whoever can make you know a stop, probably in the fourth quarter. Uh, we have a nice little stretch we're going on. We got, you know, after after the Saints, we got Jacksonville, then the Colts then the Donkeys, and then Seattle. But Seattle's good, but we have a chance to go on a nice little win streak if we can, you know, actually do it. Um, but other than that, it was kind of a boring game to watch. Like, I won't lie. Like, it was, you know, it was, like, nervous, but there wasn't, like, a lot of, like, big plays. It's just, it was cool to see Jacobs just, you know, keep getting, he just kept getting fed. and So it was cool to see, but... um. I expected us to win this game. I'm glad we did. And uh, on to next week. Yeah, Jacobs will look good um, this season, which is nice to see. Um, yeah. 
Um, that also that also I just remind uh, remembered. Um, he's running like he's angry because we didn't pick up his fifth year option, and I don't know if after this season if we're going to get him a contract or I assume or if we're going to let him walk because or God, I'm trying to think. I guess we could franchise tag him next year, which would be kind of wild. Yeah. But, no, he's of... looking like a guy who wants to get paid. But I remember, I thought I think we were all kind of lower on even me. You know, with Josh McDaniels, I thought I think we all thought it was going to be a more of a running back by committee because it was like as soon as he got hired, we like we signed like two different running backs and then picked up one in the draft. And I I didn't expect to see uh, the workload like. Uh, like how it has been. I guess that probably what surprises me the most about Jacob's season so far. Yeah, it's kind of funny because you know both running backs from that class, you know, Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders, both didn't get their fifth year picked up, and both are having pretty decent seasons this year, kind of proving that they, you know, probably should have picked them up. Um, uh, the Eagles had a bye this week, uh, but overall was a win due to the Saints' loss. Um, Facts. <laughs> that pick. Um, that pretty much wraps up the you know recap there. Do a quick preview of the uh, Thursday night game this week. Uh, we have the Ravens at Bucks. Um, I really don't know. I don't know over this game. Uh, you know, it should be. I think the Ravens should dominate it pretty well, pretty good. The Buccaneers look like shit. Um, Lamar's kind of played like booty the last three weeks. Yeah. Though. That's the ball can't close a game out, so you know they could blow it to the Buccaneers here. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I really don't know. I don't really know. I don't know in this game. To be honest, I'm just an honest. <laughs> uh, uh, is this like a pick of the week? Just I wonder what's the. Do you have the line in front of you or the uh, the spread? I don't, but I can pull it up real quick. Um, yeah, I kind of lean towards a pick of here just because. Just first gut reaction, I think Baltimore should be able to win this one fairly easy. Um, but, you know, maybe the Bucks defense coming off a rough game. They kind of try to show out a here. Rough games. They lost against Mitch the week before, remember. Yeah. Uh, but that offense has looked terrible um, of the Bucks. Um, you know, Brady doesn't look as good. Um, Mike Evans dropped a wide open weekend touchdown. Yeah, that 100% was going to be a touchdown, too. And that might, that might have changed the game, too, honestly. If he catches that and they score it, that game could be 100% different. Yeah, 100%. They're just an instant momentum change. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's going to be one of these type of games. And that's what, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, do you think uh, Tom Brady – you think Tom Brady – are you seeing a decline in Tom Brady? Or do you think it's a lot of the injuries to the offensive line and a lot of the outside distractions? Or do you think it's just kind of father time we're starting to actually see it, see it? Yeah, I think... I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, it's hard to say, yeah, you know, he's declining. But I haven't watched a whole other games, but as much as their offense is struggling, I'd assume it's on him, a lot of it. Uh, I don't think it's quite the decline you saw from like Peyton and stuff, uh, or even Drew, yeah, kind of. Um, 
But yeah, the O-line injuries have definitely hurting him. He's been pressured a lot more, I believe, this year than he's used to. Um, I also you know, don't think the coach is very good. No, I don't either. I think Brian Leftwich should have got that head coaching job over Todd Bowles. Um, we've seen what Todd Bowles does as a head coach. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't good. good. Well, that was good. Brady He's pushing a... Arians out, though. Yeah, I don't know what that... that was all about either. That's what I think it was. I think Tom... Like, wanted to be Tom Brady, you know, and just, you know, like, you know, he got criticized for going to Kraft's wedding that that Friday or that Friday or Saturday before the, the Pittsburgh game. And I just think Tom Brady's at the point in his career where he just wants to do whatever he wants and then show up on Sunday. And I think that's really starting to I think I think you can actually see it as start affecting the team. They don't look as like sound. They don't look as disciplined. We just talked about the head coach. Uh, I'm a Brady hater. Uh, you know, I, I'll admit I think he is the greatest quarterback of all time. Like I can admit that. But I think this this whole season is on Brady. Should have stayed retired. He let all this outside noise get out. There was the shit with the Dolphins and all that. And I think he pushed his coach out to get someone in there who would let him do whatever he wants. And I think we're seeing it with how the team's the team's playing. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Todd Bowles is a good DC, not a good head coach. I think Brian Leftwich should have got the shot to be the head coach there. Um, but yeah, I agree. You know, it's just a very weird off season and now beginning of the season here with Brady, um, with the retirement and the unretirement, and then the whole divorce thing with his wife, um, and then it being publicized that he's getting Wednesdays off. I mean. Veterans do that. That's not an uncommon thing. No. Uh, but now it's being, you know, publicized about it. Um, you know, him, you know, not flying with the team, going to weddings when he should be, you know, with the team and shit. Um, it's not stuff that you saw from like Peyton and stuff like that. Like they're all in until they're done. Uh, and then it, it just seems like he's half assing it. And like you said, it, it's showing on the team and on that offense. Which I'm not necessarily upset about, because as with you, I'm not a big Brady fan. Um, yeah. So it's kind of nice to see him finally come back down to fucking earth. Um, he probably is the greatest of all time. I still personally, if I had to in prime, I'd take Peyton over him prime. But it's hard to argue with Brady's accomplishments. But I think, and I, I agree with you. I just, I feel like, and I feel like this is where, like, like if you're, like, a Brady fan but not a Belichick fan, like, you can't, like, Tom Brady's not the greatest quarterback without Belichick. And that's just, like, I, I don't think a lot of people want to give Belichick the credit. But, like, because, you know, Belichick didn't really win anywhere else except for, I think, when he was, like, a coordinator for the Giants. Um, But... No, Tom Brady is not Tom Brady without Belichick. Also, Tom Brady isn't Tom Brady if he doesn't marry the wealthiest supermodel on the planet. Because this is my opinion. There's you can't tell me Tom Brady's taking a pay cut if he's not married to the wealthiest model in the world. That's just my opinion, but yeah, I think I mean, it makes sense. That's <laughs> a big part of it too. Um, yeah, with a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, you could argue that with Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid. You could argue with Patrick Mahomes mm -hmm. and Andy Reid. Yeah, I don't think uh, Mahomes yeah, is where he's at with Andy Reid. 
Um, Josh Allen's not where he's at without McDermott. Um, That's true. You know, but yeah, I, Josh I Allen think, might be a bust without yeah McDermott to be honest. Uh, the coaching does have a lot to do with it. I mean, yeah, I guess you say Brady went away from Belichick and won, but at that time he'd already had everything established. And we went to a great team. It's like when KD yeah, went he, to a good team and won. Like, no shit. Um, yeah, like, essentially that's all the Buccaneers were missing was a quarterback because that team was loaded offensively and defensively. Yeah. Yeah, there's a handful of quarterbacks you could put on that team and they were <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, that's what's kind of – the the line is one and a half for the Baltimore Ravens favorited. Um, I'm going to lean Baltimore. Um but I, I, I kind of said pick them. I can see it going either way. I prefer Baltimore to win over the Buccaneers. Uh, just keep that division interesting. Um, I kind of want to see the Falcons or Panthers win that division. I think it'd be funny. It'd be crazy in the playoffs too. Yeah. Especially if, like Panthers win. Like down Donald starts a couple games and they like, go to back to Baker and shit. They like play three quarterbacks all season somehow win the division. It'd be wild. Yeah, like they'll play they'll play Baker first quarter. Darnold second, PJ Walker third, and whoever plays best closes out the game. Yeah. That'd be pretty <laughs> sweet. Um, That'd be pretty wild. They just have a fucking walk. It's like um, Diaz has a walkout song for him when he comes out in the fourth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, I think they should do that. It'd be pretty fun to watch. Um, it'd be funner than what the fuck they're doing now. <laughs> Facts. Um, but yeah. I guess that, that pretty much wraps that up, I think. Uh, Did we talk about CMC? Oh, no, we didn't. I know we we mentioned it, but I don't think we ever talked about it. Just just thought we could mention it real quick. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the biggest thing that happened. Um, Yeah, he got traded for a 2020, let's see, this is two, so three, or yeah, 2023 second, third, and fourth, and then a fifth next year. Yeah, CMC goes to the the Niners. Um, I think this was stupid yeah i think the panthers definitely won this trade um seems he's not what he used to be you know just watching him play he's not as explosive he doesn't have that top end speed he's still a fantastic player um i think he a... should move out to like a slot receiver to be honest i think he should change positions and yeah. just work him in the backfield in certain packages you can but just for a health standpoint i just I don't know if he can, especially in that Shanahan system, which is like every running back is like you're, you're going to last four to six games, and then, you know, you have a free vacation because you blew your ACL out. Like, Yeah, I agree. I mean, the guy's already injury-prone. The 49ers have a history of injury-prone fucking running backs. Um, yeah, they definitely overpaid for him. Uh, I think the rumor was the, the Rams were the other team big on him. I think the Eagles offered a third. Um, so they got way outbid, which I'm fine with. I'd rather have Miles Sanders than get up a bunch for Christian. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested. Like, he looked good this weekend. Um, but kind of like you said, and you can pretty much put any running back in that, any elusive running back in that offense, and they're going to look good. It just depends on how long they can actually play in that offense. Um, so. Oh, sorry, quick question. This is like a like kind of like a would you rather between those between these two NFT teams. Would you rather be the 49ers right now 
who let's face it, I think the big reason they got McCaffrey because he's making a lot of money, but they're not gonna they're not paying uh, Trey Lance next year. You know what I mean? They're not paying their quarterback. Yeah. So would you rather be in that situation where you have a, a super expensive running back but talented like Christian McCaffrey with a young quarterback that you're not paying? Or would you have rather had, if you're the Niners, let the Rams take McCaffrey, lose all, like, the, the rest of their picks for, like, I don't know, the next century, and then have, like, a bunch of guys who are going to be overpaid and, like, realistically a weak overall roster as far as depth goes? So, like, which, which, because I, I was thinking about this today, but I think I'm going to pick the Niners, even though I do not agree with what they did, just did. So, I think, so obviously it, it could have changed based on the CMC trade, but I think they should have let the Rams overpay for Christian, and then they go out and get James Robinson. James Robinson Agreed. was cheaper. Yeah, I forgot. And he's, ju- I, not he's just as good, but he's, he's a good running back. He's great. I mean, even with off the injury, he's very elusive still. Um, he fits the CMC kind of prototype. Like, they have paid way less for James Robinson. He's less injury prone and younger. Um, that's what I would have done. Uh, yeah, I don't. I would definitely would have let the the Rams overpay for CMC yeah. and they went out and got James Robinson. Um, yeah, that was wild to me. It was crazy that's James Robinson get traded. Well, yeah, that's like I said. That was weird too because I thought with the Jets having Michael Carter still, I was like, okay, that sucks. You know, Brees Hall went down, have an amazing season. But I don't know. I thought I thought Carter. I thought Carter was good enough to. I thought he's good too. I don't know. Are they going to be splitting reps? Is that why they got Robinson, or is maybe he's not as good as I, like I think? Like Carter, maybe he's not as good as you know because they see him every day. But yeah, I mean they're they're high on Carter as far as I knew. Um, he's looked good. Uh, it irritated me because I have James Robinson and Michael Carter from my fantasy <laughs> yeah, team. I know. I know. I, it, I was like, oh, I'm going to go out and trade for one of them as soon as I saw Carter go down. And then, like, it was like, Jacksonville's trading with James Robinson for a six-round pick to the Jets. And I'm like, oh, that fucking blows. Yeah, I was like, oh, sweet. Uh, Carter's another starter <laughs> there. Awesome fantasy. And then two running backs on that team. Like, got late. Yeah. You, it looked like you had one of the best handcuffs. Like, you know, if you're quarter oh, yeah. or you're right back. And then it was like, oh, so now I just got fucked again. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, even, but like, um, uh, Cam Akers is on the block. Like, I don't know. I don't understand why they went. I mean, obviously, I don't think the Rams would have traded Akers to the Niners. Um, but he's got to go somewhere, I assume. Um, you know, they're not trying to trade for CMC because he's okay to play on the team. So Cam's got to go somewhere here in the next couple months or weeks. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, yeah, I think the, the 49ers overpaid for running back. They didn't need to, and they could have went out and got like a James Robinson or something like that. Or even Melvin. I mean, it's it's a little bit different, but even Melvin Gordon, I think they would have been able to give up something cheap um, to get Melvin, who is a little bit less injury prone. Um, not as elusive, but still a decent back. Here's here's kind of a weird one. I think I don't, I don't know how much they'd have to give up for him, but what about like Zach Moss from Buffalo? Yeah, yeah. I mean that was really kind of bad. Been, he kind of you know he's kind of been pushed back because Singletary's been kind of the guy there, but 
I, I don't know. I think Zach Moss with like a Shanahan system could be a quality running back. That's another one that doesn't make sense. Like Buffalo needs a running back so bad. And Singletary's okay. Singletary's fine. I like him, but he doesn't produce on that team. You know, I would like to see them go after James Robinson. Um, you know, maybe they're going to go after Cam. Uh, I don't know what the Rams are going to be asking price for him, but it's probably going to be overpriced. Um, one of the one of my buddies I talked to, um, he's a Buffalo fan, and I keep telling him he needs to call up Vegas. You know, if if uh, um, they aren't high on you know Josh Jacobs, they go after a fifth year option. Go see what they're going to give his price at. You know, I think Josh Jacobs is a great oh, running back. He'd look good in Buffalo. Um, and if what? they don't want him long term, they're not going to pay him. You know, I don't think that's worth a call. Yeah. I think you have to give him a lot for Jacobs. I do too, especially the way he's been playing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if Buffalo would want. I mean, I guess Buffalo. I guess Buffalo is probably in a win now move. I just the thing. The thing that is kind of scary about like a like a Buffalo or something. What you got to watch out for is a cap room. And yeah. and that's you know and that's what's t- and speaking of cap room and kind of going back to the Chargers. They need to fucking get an offensive head coach because they are wasting precious time with Herbert not being paid, and they have a team that's on paper super fucking talented. Granted, a lot of injuries doesn't really help, but they're wasting a a window where you don't have to pay a quarterback. And, yeah, I just it blows my mind that some of these coaches in the NFL still have jobs like Staley. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll probably end it here. We're getting pretty long on the pod, but I agree. Um, the issue is, is the ownership. They're not going to pay for a head coach. Uh, I, I'm afraid they're going to waste Herbert. Like they wasted rivers. Um, I think Herbert's a better player than rivers, but you know, rivers a pretty damn good quarterback and they wasted his talent. There. A bad era with like Manning breeze and Brady. Yeah. Rosselsberger. And Herbert's kind of the same boat. You know, they yeah. have Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think they're going to waste Herbert, sadly. But, yeah, I think they should fire Brandon Staley. Um, and then this offseason, go get Kellen Moore, Brian Leftwich. Um, I think both those two be good options there, uh, offensive-minded. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to ruin Herbert. But yeah, I think that pretty much wraps this pot up. Um, hopefully have one out Friday-ish or something. Uh, kind of recap Thursday night and then go over, you know, kind of preview this weekend's games. Um, but yeah, and that pretty much wraps us up. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next time. Deuces. See you.